You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, praise God. We're glad you're here tonight. Glad you're watching too. Praise the Lord. Good things. We're just believing. You know, it's been an exciting, exciting times. Uh, hallelujah. We're just believing and praying and thanking God for... You know, Jesus could come back anytime he wants to, so we're believing for that, and uh, you know, the world is in a, a little bit of disarray, but thank God for the church. I mean, thank God we can, we can take hold and know that uh, we have uh, an amazing God who brings peace to us. Amen? In the midst of everything that's going on, thank God for peace, and thank God for his amazing grace. Uh, hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to, it's going to be part two, the, the title of Sunday's message was Authority or Prayer, or Prayer or Authority. Uh, you know, many times as Christians, we need to uh, know the, we have, not many times, we, all the time, we need to know the difference, but many times we confuse the one or the other, and we're not sure how to pray, or we're not sure if we have the authority to pray about something, or do we have the authority to take authority over it, or... Uh, is it a matter of prayer? And I never really got into sharing you what makes the difference. And so that was what our conversation was over lunch, was uh, what makes the difference. So I said, you know what, probably everybody needs to hear that. So let's, uh, let's go through that and let's talk about it. And, you know, when it comes to authority, people get real nervous about that because we live in, in a society where we have authorities, we have laws uh, we have rules, we have regulations, we have a, a lot of stuff that goes on. We have a lot of dumb laws, we have a lot of dumb regulations uh, that, uh, you know, and crazy things that just don't mean anything, okay, along that. But, uh, but in the Word of God, God gives us, you know, authority. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 28, he uh, said this to his disciples, he said, listen, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. King James says all power, that word's authority. He said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. And he said, then I, he gave it to them and said, now you go in my name, my authority, I'm given unto you. In Mark chapter 13, he said, I think around thir- verse 34, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is like a man who gave authority to his servants. And so we understand that we got to understand, okay, he, Jesus gave us this thing. He, he, he left us in charge. Isn't that scary? He left the church in charge. Do you know those disciples? Did you see those guys he left in charge? Wow. You know, he left them in charge. And I mean, even after he died, he told them all the things. Then he, he comes back and he, he appears to them. And, and the Bible says he upbraids them, which means he yells at them and says, come on, guys, get a grip. You know, then Peter says, hey, I'm going fishing, forget all this other stuff. And Jesus has to appear to him three other times to help him out, or two other times to just get him in line. And, but then thank God for the day of Pentecost. Thank God for the day of Pentecost, because that's when the, the Holy Spirit fell. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, and man, everybody changed. Everybody changed. From that day forward, you know, if you study the, the disciples or the apostles, you find out all of them died a martyr's death except for John. John, they tried to boil in oil, couldn't kill him. He finally died of old age, okay? But uh, everybody else died believing and standing and believing for what they, the Word of God says. Now, Paul wrote uh, to the Ephesians here, and the book of the Ephesians is probably the, the best book on authority that you're going to find, you know, and... 
the difference, let me just share something. The difference between authority and prayer is authority always begins where the will of God is known. Or the word of God. See, if you have the word on it, it doesn't have to be prayed about. Because if it's given unto you, it's the word. If God already said it, that's kind of like this. You know, if you, if, if, if you were told to do something by your boss, he gave you, he said, here's what he told you to do. You have his word to do it. You don't have to go around asking everybody else, do you think that'd be okay if I did it? I wonder if I call him up and say, is it okay if I do what you said you told me to do? How many of you just love when your kids backtalk you, when they get smart aleck like that? You know, not a cool thing. I told you to do it. Just do it, you know? And, uh, but see, that's where we find out what the word of God is. When you have God's word on it, then you look at it and say, okay, Lord, uh, here's what we want to do. God said this belongs to us. And if it belongs to us, then we can partake of it. Amen? See, here in, the, in, the, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse, we're going to begin reading at verse 3. He said, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. God's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. People say, well, what, is a, what are spiritual blessings? It's the power and the presence of God. It's the gifts of the Spirit that God's given unto the church. Amen. And if he's given us all those things in, then we have a right to receive them. We have a right to partake of them. Amen. So when the enemy is trying to come and steal, kill, and to destroy, you have a right to take authority over him. Amen. See, God said he's going to meet and supply all your needs. And he said that. So that means you've got a right to take authority over the enemy and say, take your hands off my finances. Take your hands off this situation. And, and, and God can bring the things to you. And you can believe God for that. So it's not a matter of praying for your needs. You're believing for those things. Because God said, I'm, I'm going to supply all your needs. So he said, I'm going to supply your needs. Now, do we trust him or do we don't trust him? Amen. See, it goes over real big. Everybody gets nervous because everybody wants to say, God, help me. God. And listen, the best prayer in the world is God help, okay? God is so merciful. He loves us. And, and, you know, he, he is trying to bless you as much as you'll let him. Okay? And, but we need to understand if we have this. Now, look what he says in verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having or we have been predestinated, that means God foredid, foreknew or for us, he said, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Aren't you glad that God accepts you? Now, God accepts you exactly the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Because God wants us to go from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. God wants us to grow up. Because he wants us to gain knowledge. He wants us to have, have understanding of how uh, uh, much authority he's been given unto us. Because you remember in Matthew chapter 8, I shared this on Sunday, but Matthew chapter 8, the centurion. Jesus is coming, the centurion he, you know, goes up to him and says, hey, my servant lies sick of the palsy at my house, you know, and, and I want you to heal him. And Jesus says, I will come to your house. Now, man, don't you want Jesus to come to your house? Praise God. Wow, Jesus said, I'll come. Oh, this is great. Come on, let's go. Well, but the centurion doesn't do that. He says, no, 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 no. He said, you don't have to come. I'm not worthy. You don't, man, come, you know, I'm not worthy for you to even come to my house. All you got to do is say, my servant's healed, and he'll be healed. He said, now, because I, I understand. I understand, Jesus. I understand. See, I'm a man under authority. 
And I'm a man of authority. He said, so, and I said, I tell this person, go, and he does it. I tell him to come, and he comes. I tell him to do this, and he doesn't. You are a man of authority. You have authority over sickness and disease. Your words are powerful. All you got to do is say it, and it'll happen. Now, Jesus, what did Jesus say? Jesus marveled at that. It, it didn't, it just, he marveled. He said, whoa, somebody got it. Can't you imagine? He turns to the disciples and says, listen, there's nobody in Israel. God, I've never, this is, this, this is faith. Y'all are just a bunch of dumb. No, he didn't tell them they were dying. He just said, what's wrong with you is what he wanted to say. But he didn't do that either. He's so sweet, you know. But what happened, he said, I've not seen so great faith. No, not in all of Israel. Well, you know, they ran Israel, Right. He said, I haven't found, I haven't found, this is what I'm trying to get across to my disciples who've been with me 24-7 for three years and they still didn't get it. So don't beat yourself up. See, faith and authority is, is really difficult for the body of Christ because all of a sudden you get to this thought process that you might be thinking too high of yourself. And really, here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you'll understand faith and authority and and begin to exercise the authority that God gives you and understand where it comes from and why you can exercise it and why you can have faith and trust in it, it'll change everything. Because really, when you don't do that, you're thinking too high of yourself. Exactly. You think, well... I don't want anybody to think that I'm this or that. I don't want to, you know, we have this, this sense of, of self-denial or we have this sense of that, that we're inferior to, uh, we have this inferior complex. Amen. We do. You know, the joy of it, I, I'm teaching uh, the, the students at, in New Zealand right now, I'm teaching 12 hours on the life of Christ. And I, you know, last uh, two, three years ago, we taught. We went there. We taught on in Christ realities for twelve hours and, and, and shared with them. And so we're doing it by Zoom now because we can't get into the country and stuff. And so there's there's almost two hundred students that we're teaching and sharing with. Of course, we're doing it with an interpreter, so it's a little bit interesting. But as I look through, uh, and you guys know me, I, I talk American, so they, they pray for this guy. Okay. He is, he is, he's so precious because here it is. Six months ago, he could, not speak any, he could not speak one word of English. And God supernaturally anointed him. He's been through it. And, he, and he, he's fantastic. I mean, he knows how to interpret me. That is a miracle. We are. It's the work of miracles. It really is. It's awesome. So we're doing good. And, uh, but anyways, uh, so, but understanding, the, you know, the life of Christ and recognizing what we have, it's just, I mean, I love it. I love it because, you know, Christ didn't begin in a manger. Christ was before. Christ is in every book of the Bible. Christ was before the foundation. Of the, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit always was, always is, and always will be. You know, so God prepared a body for him. So when he came, and, you know, after Jesus, you know, uh, uh, was raised from the dead and everything else, uh, you know, he didn't end at his death. He was raised up, and his ministry is still going on now. There's a present-day ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, but that's a whole other subject. But the, the thing about it is getting back into but when you understand what Jesus did, on the cross, what God did through this whole plan of redemption for us, to bring us, to bring a family to us, that, that, and then this authority that he gave, that, that was what Paul was trying to get, a, get everybody to have a revelation of, because Paul had a revelation of this. He grabbed a hold of it, because look at verse 7. It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Amen? 
I love the, 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 the book of Ephesians because it's always about has, have, has. It's things that we, we do have. I like First John. You know, I like the book of John. I like First John because in First John, John says this all the time. He says, we know, you know, we know, you know, we know, you know. He acts like we know. And I said, John, we don't know. But he said, John says, you know, you know, you know. I said, well, then we're supposed to know. Because he's acting like we're supposed to know something. Amen? We're supposed to know something in these things here. But jump down to verse 11. Uh, in whom we also we have obtained an inheritance. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his will. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. We got an inheritance. Now our inheritance, yes, is eternal life. Aren't you glad for being born again? And if you're not, you need to be. You need to understand what the new birth is all about. I mean, that's one of the things I think that we don't really convey a lot. We don't understand what does it mean to be a new creature in Christ Jesus? What does it mean to be translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son? Amen. The kingdom of light. We're out of darkness. We're into light. There's a different realm. There's a different thing. We, we, are, we got different laws that govern our lives. See, because remember like Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. It's that law. It's a law. It's because it's that we got born again. We got the life in the nature of God. See, Jesus didn't just forgive you of your sins when he died on the cross. He didn't just, you know, wash away your sins. He destroyed sin. He wiped out your sin nature. And then when you got born again, you got a new nature put on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You need to understand that. See, some people say, well, we, you know, my sins are forgiven. No, glory to God. When you truly get born again, your whole sin nature changes. You're ruined for sin. And if you still enjoy sinning and doing sinning, you just need to get saved. Thank you for your overwhelming response. But it's just true. You know, we look at these things and we see this, but getting back to that little statement I made that if you don't trust God and you don't exercise your authority or exercise the faith that God's given unto us, then you are, you know, you, you, you're walking around not knowing what you're doing, but what we do is we have this tendency to try to have this piety about us or this thinking about us that, well, you know, I really don't deserve this. You know, I mean, I don't want anybody to know this happened. I just don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be gloating or I don't want to be bragging. You know, the, the problem with all of that is, is that, listen, when you brag on Jesus, it's wonderful. When you brag on you, it stinks. Okay. And we know you're not that smart. We know you're not that good. We know it had to be Jesus to do whatever's going on in your life that's good. Amen. But when you acknowledge that wait a minute, I'm not coming in my authority, I'm coming in his authority. I'm not coming, you know, in the sense of faith, I'm coming in the faith of the word of God because Jesus said it, I believe it, I'm going to trust him. Because that's what God said about it. So you always have to go back and say, what does the word of God? So when you're understanding authority, there's times that we have to take authority. Which means we've got to get the word of God into the situation immediately. Because we know what the word says. What does the word say? Now, if we don't know what it is, then we pray. We ask God, the Holy Spirit, to reveal it to us. Because we're going to pray the word of God too. Amen. See, when it comes to a matter of faith, believing and trusting God, faith always gets a bad rap. But let's just do this. If you don't like faith, just take the word trust. Okay? We'll find out how much trust you have. 
determines how much faith you have. Faith and trust go together, okay? And they do. They just do. We have this where we look at it. We go, (laughs) you know, how much trust do you trust God? Because if God said, I'm going to meet and supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory by Christ, it has nothing to do with the earth riches, has everything to do with my riches. Amen? I'm going to send my word and heal you. It was by my stripes that you were healed. Jesus Christ has been made unto you wisdom and, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I've been, I've been made, I've been given you unto these things here. The Holy Spirit lives and dwells. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you. That means it's going to quicken. It, it's gonna, and that same spirit that, that raised up Christ, it's going to quicken. It's going to make alive your body. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God. Amen. And I've given unto you the ministry of reconciliation. See, I made him who knew no sin to be made sin for you and me so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I made you righteous. I made you right with me. I I, I blocked out all the thing. I blotted out all the handwriting that was written against you. I put your sin as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. I I put it in the sea of forgetfulness as as the psalm says. Hallelujah. And I remember it no more. And I've told you that you can come boldly into the throne of grace and you can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. You have that right. You have that right. You can walk right in any time you want to. See, when we grab a hold of the word of God, I can keep quoting. <laughs> you know, I can sit here and quote scriptures all night long. And the reason being is because when you know the word of God, you know where your authority begins. See, hope begins where the ability of God is known, but faith and trust begins where the will of God is known. And authority begins where the will of God is known. See, prayer, when you take hold of things, we got to pray. Like we're praying, we're interceding for the, for the folks in the Ukraine, we're interceding for people in Russia, we're interceding for all of them, we're praying. Because, you know, the people are the ones that are, the ones that are going to be hurt. You know, those that are causing everything, you know, they're, they're, Hey, they're just playing with the pawns of everybody else's lives. But we got to believe God for those so that God can, you know, and for all the Christians that are there, we want to make sure that, that God's hand is upon it. So we're praying, we're interceding. You know, we're, supper, we're getting, taking the word of God. Amen? So when we know what to pray, we know how to pray. We can pray, you know, and believe what God's word says. Amen? But we need to also understand, you know, that our authority... Because when we talk about this, I want to talk about the authority side because everybody's praying. I mean, this prayer is going up, prayer is doing, they got prayers praying. But I don't know how many people are, are taking their authority and speaking words of life. Amen? Amen. See, a lot of folks love Mark eleven twenty four, which says, Therefore, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. But the verse before that is Mark eleven twenty three, which gets everybody a lot of flack. Mark eleven twenty three says, "Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith." Has nothing to do with prayer. Has everything to do with authority. See, if you believe God's word and you believe God's word in your mouth is the same as God's word in his mouth, then there's authority behind it. 
And you're not, it's not coming in against people. Well, I'm just going to believe for this or I'm going to believe for that. We know they can't but because they're just saying things. You've got to believe it in your heart and you've got to say it with your, with your mouth. You've got to believe things and you've got to say The biggest key is you're believing what God's word says. See, faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen? Because it's like this. If, if, and then here's the thing about prayer. That's why prayer is so important, but praying and understanding with authority, hallelujah, you know, that God's hearing you. Because God's raised us up together. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus isn't far from us? Because if we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, we're seated with him at the right hand of the Father. He's the head, we're the body. It's not very far apart. He can hear us. Hallelujah. And because he placed it there, he's the one that gave us that. And he said, you do it. Remember, about the, the, young, the guy that came and brought his son that would, would often throw himself in the fire or throw himself in the water. And he said, Jesus comes down off the Mount of Transfiguration and he sees this multitude and he said, what's going on? And the guy brings his son and says, Master, I brought my son to your disciples to, to, to cast the devil out and they couldn't do it, you know? And he said, oh, bring him unto me. Oh, faithless generation, come on over here. Bring him unto me. He said, okay. And when the kid starts doing something, he said, well, how long has he been? He said, of a child. And what does the guy say? He said, Lord, if you can do anything, help me. And what did Jesus say? What did he say? He said, if you can believe anything, I can help you. Jesus didn't do anything because the guy asked. He said, what do you believe? If you can believe something, I'll help you. Now, what did the guy say? He said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. (laughs) Hallelujah. See, there's hope for all of you. Praise God. Amen. See, we get caught up. And the problem is, is that we really don't believe that this word is anointed or that this is really God speaking to me. And that because of what Jesus said and what he has spoken to us, it's, it's ours. Amen. And we look at the word of God because it's amazing how many people will love prophecy over the word. They would take their personal prophecy of somebody giving it to them instead of a scripture being given to them. Amen. And one of the biggest things, you know, because see, all of our authority is based upon Ephesians chapter two. If you want to look over at verse six, he said, uh, you know. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, he said, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together with Christ. Amen? In, in verse 20 of chapter 1, it says, he, God raised up Jesus and made him sit at the, at the right hand of the Father. In verse 6, it says, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Hallelujah. He said this. Praise God. He, he has given us. He raised us up. He's the one that gave us authority. And he's the one that said, what can you believe? Because all things are possible to him that believes. Now, now, that's a big statement. But it's what Jesus said. Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. What can you believe? And so one of the things about it is if we don't think we have a right to believe for it or we don't have, have a right to exercise authority or tell the enemy to stop in what he's doing and, and not do this thing there and where we have authority. Because believe it or not, I don't have authority over you and you don't have authority over me. Now, if I don't take authority over your words spoken against me, your words can have authority because words are containers. Amen. I mean, we've seen that. How many of you had a teacher say something terrible and it, it, it messed you all up? 
Or how much you had a parent say something, or you had somebody say something, or do something, or and and, and stopped you from 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 enjoying something, or it stopped you, it held you in bondage because you thought you couldn't do it. That's quiet in this place. You all have had that happen, and you get in bondage to it. You get into it where it's like, well, my gosh, what are we going to do? How do we? And you know, it's funny because if you don't know your limitations, you don't have any. You know, I remember growing up. That's why I always use these stories growing up because me and my brother, we didn't. My dad said, you do it. You just did it. You know, he told us we had 10 acres growing up. He said, I want you to string five strands of barbed wire. I want you to do the whole 10 acres. Drive the post. We're little kids. I'm nine years old. My brother's two years older. He's 11. Here's the keys to the, you know, the 1968 Ford with a you know, stick shift and it's got a clutch. I learned how to drive at nine years old. We're going down. The t- we're going out. We're fixing this thing, and we did it. Are you kidding? My kids or my grandkids—they not a one of them do that. They look at me like, and I would never give them the keys to my truck. What's wrong with parents? But it was a different day. It was a different time. It was a different era. But the the, pro, the, the thing was is that. You know, my dad told us to dig a hole. We dug a hole six feet deep, six feet wide, and, you know, and because we were all, uh, coyotes had gotten all of our sheep, so he said, I don't want to pay the tallow works to come. You guys dig and bury them. So we built us a ladder to get down inside. We weren't even big. I mean, we're down inside here digging a hole. And we did it. And I look back and I think, colleague, that was, you know, it only cost like $2.50 for the guy to come. <laughs> I don't even think we even got paid. You know? But we didn't know anything about it. We just, dad said, dig the dig thing. See, because my dad used to always say, he said, listen, can't is not in the dictionary. And I didn't know can't was in the dictionary until I was in the first grade. He said, well, because I didn't know, we just, he, he said it, you just did it. That's what you did. You didn't know you weren't not supposed to be able to do that. You didn't know you weren't supposed to be able to, to be able to even think about doing that. Why? Because when you put limits on your own self, you stop yourself from doing it. We, we live so far below what God wants us to live. But we've got a fight. There's a fight of faith. You know that, right? It's the good fight of faith. It's the fight that you win. But it, it, there is a fight of faith. We need to know that. God's given us authority. He's given us power over the enemy. So then why does the devil always beat people up? Because he's really good at what he does. I mean, he's a liar. He is. He's very deceptive. And he gets you to believe his lies. And he gets you to create the problems in your life. Don't look at me so holy. I'm sorry that, you know, but we got to share these things because when we talk about prayer or authority, we, our prayers avail much. Did you know that? Yes. Listen, prayers work. Our prayers, thank God for a praying church. But we need to have a church that's full of authority too. That we rise up and say, no, this is it. We're going we're gonna to stand on the truth of the word of God because God said it. God said that God will, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And let me just share with you, if Jesus is the head and we're his body, he does not want his body sickly, weakly, puny. He wants his body strong. Amen. But why don't we exercise our authority? Why don't we do that to the extent we need to? Well, one, number one is because 
lack of knowledge. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. They don't know the word of God on the subject. Number two, which is still part of lack of knowledge, is that people don't understand. It's from your righteousness that you exercise everything in your life. It's your righteousness, your right standing. How is your relationship with God? How do you feel like God's got your back? Is, is God standing with you? Are you standing with him? And most of us, you know, we say, well, no, nah, I haven't done this or I didn't do that. And, and we base it upon what we've done, not on what Jesus has done. Now, we have all missed it. But glory to God, don't you just know, hallelujah, that's where forgiveness comes in. Amen. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if, we're, if we would confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? He cleanses us from all the guilt and all the shame and it, we can turn around and ask for the moon. You know, how many of you, if you've, you know, I, I, you know, I had one child uh, that, I mean, I had three child, but one child, he was great. He was our middle son. And anyways, he'd get in trouble. He'd do anything. But the minute that we would discipline him, talk to him, and we'd get forgiveness, and we'd do the whole thing, he'd turn around instantaneously and ask for the moon. And I'd be like, you do not deserve this right now. You're just lucky that you're alive right now and that I have to be scriptural right now. And now you're asking for more? <laughs> but his, he was, you know, he, he had the right. He said, wait a minute. We already dealt with that. That was already dealt with. That's all under the blood of Jesus. God's forgiven me. You're forg- I mean, he was good. He listened. And I, as the parent, I had to go, you're right. Whoa. But give me a minute. Just give me, give me a minute to gather me. So right now we're going to wait on that a little bit. You know, you know. I mean, I never forget. He got in trouble, and he was in trouble. All of a sudden, he said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." He said, "Why can't I do like you guys? That I can just ask God to forgive me, and everything's fine." <laughs> Awesome, huh? You raise kids in church, raise them with the word, and they try to use it against you. It's because sin has a cost. Anyways, got to shoot you straight. (laughs) Here's things, too. Understand this, too. When you understand authority in prayers, but especially authority, you have authority, and when I say it's for you, what's coming against you. You have authority in your own being, you have authority in your own life, your own circumstances, you know, and you have a certain amount of authority over your kids until they grow up. You have a certain amount of authority in, in, in different people around you, and people can actually let you have authority in their life to be a blessing or to, to help them, you know, to a certain point. But eventually, you know, they're going to have to do themselves. But we always have authority over the enemy in our own lives and what's coming against us. Amen? And what I mean by that is you've got to take authority over, first of all, you've got to take authority over fear. Amen. Haven't we had to take authority over fear? Every time you hear this, oh, somebody's got COVID. Oh, somebody's got this. Oh, this happened. That happened. Oh, this. Because the devil operates out of fear. He totally operates and gets you to get totally into fear. And if you'll take authority over fear, because God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And if you understand that, then any time fear comes, you know it's not from God. There's no such thing as good fear. Now, there's, there is common sense. Okay. You know, 
There is. I mean, you know, it, there's things that you do, but you don't want to ever let fear. Because if you're, if, if you can do this, if you're, uh, you know, not doing something because you're afraid to do it, or you are doing something because you're afraid, both are wrong. Anytime you do anything because you're afraid is wrong. Thank you for your overwhelming response because we got to deal with this. You can't exercise authority if you don't think God's going to back you up. You got to know. Wait a minute. God said, if God said it, you know, I said, well, God, you said you're going to meet my supply, all of my needs. You did say that. You said you directly, Lord, I'm I'm here. I'm just, I'm going to trust you. Lord, you said that you'd be my protector. You said that you're my shield and my buckler. You said no plague can come nigh my dwelling, so I'm going to stand here. Things can come, but they can't stay. Yes. Amen. And see, that's the thing about it. When we get discouraged, discouraged is just camouflage fear. You don't think the situation's going to change. Now listen, lest you think that we don't have to deal with it, we have to, the devil, that's his number one operation is fear. His number one thing is to get you to, to look at yourself, see how lousy you are. He wants you to get you discouraged. He wants you to get that you just don't deserve this. Guess what, folks? Do this right. Understand this. It's, it's the monopoly game, Okay. You don't deserve anything except to go straight to hell. That's what we all deserve. We were all born in sin. We all deserved it. But we got a get out of jail free card. That get out of jail free card was I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Glory to God. And I collected the $200. Hallelujah. And now I get to go buy boardwalk. And I get to go do the things. And I get to enjoy the game. Why? Because I accepted Jesus Christ. He's the one that redeemed me. He's the one that bought me. He's the one. So yeah, no, I don't deserve anything. I deserve all the bad, all the things that I should have gotten. But Jesus took it all for me. Glory to God. And I accepted it. See, that's why people get mad. Well, who do you think? No, it's just I just accepted what he did. See, he delivered me. I believe I'm delivered out of darkness. I believe darkness has no place in me. The devil, because what did he say in Ephesians chapter 4? Give the devil no place. Means we can. Amen? We can. We can. See, that's the wonderful thing about it. When we know the word, we can exercise the word. When we don't know about it, then we can pray and say, God, help me to to navigate this. What do I need to do? Show me. Help me how to understand this. How do you? Because authority belongs to us. Now, whether or not we're exercising it, that's up to us. You know, we, we've got to actually begin to say, you know what? I've got a right to love God. I've got a right to trust him. I've got a right to believe him. And so I just believe that he wants us to have good times. I believe that he wants us to be blessed. I believe that he wants, so that we can be a blessing. I believe that God wants us to have lives full of life. You know? Because he also said, Jesus said, listen, he, he sat down. But now Jesus' present day ministry is, is different. You know, Jesus is still our high priest. But if he's our high priest, what is he the high priest of? I mean, he's the high priest of the church, but what does the high priest did in the Old Testament? The high priest used to bring all of the sacrifices to go once a year in the Holy So Jesus doesn't have to do that because he went in there one time only and he, he took his blood and obtained it one time only. But what does he do right now as our high priest at the right hand of the Father? Hebrews says that he's the high priest of our confession. He's the high priest of what you're saying. 
Isn't it amazing? If you, if you just look at what you say all, all day long, if you actually recorded yourself all day, you'd be like, gosh, Jesus had to explain this before the Father. Whoa. 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 I wonder what God thought about that saying. I only thought about that fit of carnality and about that length of time. Woo-hoo. He's the high priest of my confession, and this is what I'm saying, and he's bringing it to the Father. I wonder how God thought about that. Gets quiet in this place again. Amen. I mean, not only is Jesus our high priest, but he's our advocate. He's our lawyer. He's pleading our case. And he does pretty good with the Father. Him and the Father are pretty close. You know that, right? They're pretty good there. Amen. He's our intercessor. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. Amen. And his present day ministry is doing all that thing. And he's also our shepherd. Which is awesome. He's our protector. He's our provider. And you do realize that it is Jesus, hallelujah, the 100% man and the 100% God that's seated at the right hand of the Father right now. And, and you say, well, how does that, I don't, that doesn't compute. It won't compute. You can't figure it out even if you think you can, even no matter how many theologians have tried. It doesn't matter. But see, Jesus has, you know, he's going to have a dual thing all through heaven. It's going to be really cool. He's the only one that's going to have marks on his body. He's the only one that's there because he is going to be forever. Hallelujah. Our Lord and our Savior, our sacrifice, our advocate, our intercessor. I mean, because glory to God of what he did for us. That he laid down all of his deity and he came down as a man and he died for you and me. And he will forever, you know, be awesome. Amen. And when we see that, but you've got to understand that. See, you know, he was Emmanuel, God with us. Now he is God with, man with God. Doesn't do away with his deity or anything like that. I don't have time to teach all that stuff. But it's like, the thing that it is, is that you need to understand that. Because when you understand how much price that Jesus paid for us so that we could walk in victory and in joy and in peace. And that we could show the devil and the world how great he is through us. That's what he said in Ephesians chapter 3. Go over to Ephesians chapter 3. We've got two minutes. You guys ready? And we still didn't get off page two. Golly, I was hoping to do that. I really was. This is where we got last Sunday. So it would have been nice to get to the next two pages, but that's okay. Anyways, Ephesians chapter three, look at verse 10. Verse eight. He, Paul said, unto me, who am the less than the least of all the saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see What is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent or for this purpose, that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. God wanted to show off. He said, listen, watch this, devil. You wanted what, all, that, all the things, and that's why you got kicked out of heaven, and I'm giving it to man. That's why the devil hates you so much. That's why he wants to kill you, why he wants to kill still his way. He just can't handle it because we got what he wanted. And then God said, watch, I'm going to show you how smart I am through these guys. I said, God, you, I don't know how smart that is. <laughs> She's going to us. I said, I'm not sure that's a really good idea. But... Um, Amen. (laughs) 
But see, he wanted to. Paul preached the mystery. He said, so for this purpose, that the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places, talking about it, might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. God's desire is to do that. And that's why we can't speak words of death. You know, that's why we as the church, we've got to speak words of life. We've got to bring hope. We can't bring unbelief. Amen? There's got, if, if there's going to be any hope or any life, it's got to come from the church. It's got to come from us. See, that's why the world is going to get darker and darker, but the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. God's going to see to it because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Praise God. Hallelujah. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. See, when you understand authority or you understand things, God can do supernatural things for you. How many of you remember? We were talking about this, and I said, you know, it's my, my Betty Jane Cumston story. Betty Jane's in heaven now. But Betty Jane Cumston was a, was a bag lady, okay? She was a street lady in Pittsburgh. I pastored in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for several years, for 12 and a half years. Anyways, um, before I came here, God, that's where we came from. She hardly ever came to my church. Hardly ever. I mean, I, don't, I, I think if I remember right, maybe one time she came on a Sunday, maybe once. She actually came on a Sunday service or even a Wednesday service. Maybe, maybe once. Maybe a Sunday, maybe once. But she would come by, you know, three, four, five times a year, knock on the door, and she'd, you know, press the button because you had to press the button to get into our church because we were in the inner city and it was a pretty crazy place. The doors were always locked. So anyway, she'd press the button and she'd say, that's Betty Jane Cumpson. And that's how she talked. And so, and then, I'll see the pastor. And I thought, hey, Betty Jane, you don't even come. So I, you know, I went down there and she'd say, I'm sick, you need to pray. I say, okay. So I pray and she'd get instantly healed. She'd come back. I pray she get instantly healed. I said, about the 10th time, I said, God, why are you doing this? I said, this is, I don't understand this at all. Because I, you know, I went down, she said, I need you. And I come down and said, okay, but oh, Jesus' name, be healed. I need, I'm like, forget you. I don't even want to pray for you. You're wasting my time. She got healed every, not one time did she not get healed. She could come in and just, just look in her eye. I mean, she looked just like, oh man, just like, woo, didn't want to touch her. But I'd lay hands on her. And, but instant, I mean, instantaneously. I said, okay, God, we got to talk. Because, you know, sister so-and-so who's saintly, who comes every service, who prays, and she's not getting healed at all. Frustration for a pastor. Because this one's clean. This one's dirty. Come on. I said, God, you got to help me. Because, you know, and of course, God said, well, obviously, you know, it's not you. I said, obviously, because I don't, I'm not praying in faith. I'm not believing anything. And you're doing it. I mean, I was the first three or four times. Come on. Yeah, y'all think I'm sad. No, you're just kind of like glory be to Jesus. But this changed me. Of course, this, I don't ever do that because God said, you know, here's the thing. He said, she believes you're her pastor. I said, how can I be her pastor? She doesn't even come here. He said, she doesn't go anywhere but here. And I said, but she doesn't even come here. He said, yes, she does. She comes here every time she needs something, needs to get healed. And she believes that if you pray, I'll heal her. She believed that she's going to get a pastor's reward. She believes that. And so since she believes that, it's on her faith. She's the one that determines whether it's a prayer of faith or not, not you. And he says, you only get blessed if you do it in faith. 
He said, you ain't been blessed very much. I said, yes, sir. I said, I repent. So then she would come. I mean, she came for years. Her mother was like 104 and she was 80 something. And, uh, uh, and so, uh, she, but you know, I said, that's it. Praise God. I will pray for her. And she did. And I, and I, so I decided we might as well both get blessed. But you see, she understood authority and she said, no, I believe that. He said, you're my pal. I said, because I, I, I grill her. I said, Penny Jane, why don't you come to church get the word of God in you so you can get your healing on your own? Don't want to do that. I'm just going to come and you're going to do it. I said, yes, ma'am. He said, well, I don't know how God, why didn't God didn't, you know what? I think she just simple in her mind. God said, hey, we're going to do this. I said, Lord, it's not up to me. It's up to you. You see what I'm saying? But she understood authority. And when you understood authority, it changed everything. So that's what I'm we have the opportunity to believe God. It, it, and it comes out, what can we believe? Because all things are possible to him that believe. Hallelujah. But get your authority in the mix. Get your faith in the mix. Get the word of God in the mix. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and love you. Lord, I trust that I, I, I got the word out of what I needed to get out. Lord, thank you for these wonderful folks. Thank you, Father, for your amazing grace. Thank you, Father God, hallelujah, that is, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or they, they may know about him, they may know of him, but they're really not born again because they really haven't made Jesus Christ their Lord and their Savior, or they've fallen away. They might have had life happen. There might have been things that have taken place, and they're not as close to God as they should be. And if you're watching and you're doing this and you're thinking, man, I, that's why I don't come to church. I like watching online. Listen, God loves you. He cares for you. Don't let what others have done, don't even let what you've done stop you from letting God for, bring forgiveness and bring healing and bring joy into your life. Hallelujah. But if you're here, you know, live in here, or even if you're watching me, and you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord, or you need to rededicate your life, then just raise your hand real high. We'll pray because God loves you. He loves you. That's what it's all about. God loves you. He cares for you. Because that's why he's given us. I mean, I teach the body of Christ because it's, it's authority that we have. Because the more that we exercise our authority, the more the world's going to want to come and be a part of us. Hallelujah. So, Father, I thank you for that. And I just thank you for each and every one. In Jesus' name, amen.